thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome back, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are really excited to say thank you, firstly, for everyone who's been connecting with us lately. We've had so much feedback, some great emails coming through. So just uh, straight from the get-go, we want to say thank you to all our wonderful listeners. We love being with you each week. We really appreciate you tuning in and, uh, and I guess, jumping on board with us and taking some of the advice we give you because when I hear those lifestyle changes and those transitions you're making, it just makes our day because everything we do is for that reason and that reason only is to make your life better. So look, this week we're actually going to give you a little bit of a story that has triggered our idea on why we should talk about this uh, particular topic this week because we had a really interesting experience both Andrea and myself in that we had a, a photo shoot recently because we were going to launch a few different things and we got a professional shoot done and it was really exciting the day was absolutely amazing wasn't it Andrea? Oh yeah and our photographer Hannah was incredible um, it was so much fun she made it so easy um, I didn't feel you know self-conscious or anything like that in any of the the funny poses that we were making it was a really good time and um, it was so, so of course, fun it was just my... it was so free and so relaxed yeah. and we didn't um, I guess have any fears or, or I wasn't self-conscious either however what happened when we got those photos back well, I think because we'd had such a great experience with it, my expectations were so, so high. And I think that I had this uh, idea in my head that when you have a professional photo shoot done, that it will come back looking like a completely different person, right? <laughs> well, so, yeah, that's true, isn't yeah. it, sometimes? Um, and you know what? The photos were beautiful. She did the most amazing job. Um, I, You know, we looked incredible in them. Um, they were beautifully um, developed and everything. Uh, however our own personal response to those images was a bit scary. I remember opening them and seeing a couple of them going, oh, they're amazing. And then the deeper I got into them, I just couldn't stop pulling them to pieces, but only of myself. I found that I was so self-critical to each photo going, oh, I should have stood like this, or I don't like the way my profile is in that. I should have smiled like that. Um, I need to move my head down, all sorts of things. I just pulled it completely to pieces. Um, but on the flip side, Ash, I thought that yours were absolutely stunning. I thought that all of your photos were faultless, but all of mine were completely, I was being so overly critical, so self-deprecating. It was just obnoxious the way I was <laughs> responding and reacting to them. Was and that your experience as well? Yeah. And that's it, it, the funniest thing as well was because then this is why we brought this up because I was there going, wow, look at Andy's amazing blue eyes. She looks incredible. And I did exactly the same thing. I started looking at the photos and went, well, hang on. Oh, I should have done this. Oh, my hair's flicked in the wrong way. And I was, I was just sort of picking those pieces uh, apart just the way you did with yours. And yet we were so uh, complimentary of each other's photographs. And I thought, isn't that funny? Andrea absolutely loves my photos. I absolutely love her photos. So why on earth am I not totally loving my own photos? And it was such a... Um, I guess, a really interesting pattern interrupt. It just stopped my thought processes right there. Mm -hmm. It started to make me go, wow. And I think because both 
you and I, Andrew, have done a lot of self-development. We've sort of looked into ways to, I guess, raise raise our tune with regards to our self-awareness. And I was surprised at how I had jumped into those thought patterns, you know, not good nor bad, just they are what they are. And yet I was really wanting to understand why I'd done that. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. I felt like I'd taken a backslide into Andrea the Teenager being, you know, so overly critical and, you know, like you said, we have done a lot of work since then. We've grown up, we've matured. Um, we, you know, our self-esteem is certainly, you know, something that we've worked on and we certainly have practices in our life to make sure that that's the case. Um, and our physicality and, and the image that we see does not define us. However, in that moment, it, for a brief second, it absolutely did. And I was sitting on the couch going through some of the photos that I, I was showing my partner, Dean, and I was pulling things to pieces and he said to me, oh, you just need something to complain about, right? <laughs> and I just didn't even realise to that extent that every photo I was being critical of, and I don't know if it was because he was there and I couldn't just sit in that space and just appreciate that there were beautiful images or if I felt the need to be critical of them because that is more normal. Uh, so it was a very interesting observation and the reflection from then has certainly realized, made me realise that I still have lots of work to do on that, that topic and I can certainly work on being so much less critical um, and judgmental Oh, and I'm sure ladies listening, you've had this same experience because I, for us to have had this experience, it made me realise just how often I hear friends say, oh gosh, no, delete that. I hate that photograph. Or um, you, you take a lovely photograph of a group of people, tag a few friends in, and then the friend, you know, wants to untag their photographs or, or they ask you to take one down because they think it's a hideous photo of them. And you've thought that, hey, I actually love that photograph they're not that they're actually quite a nice photograph or you wouldn't have uploaded it because ladies do you really upload photos of your friends if you think that they, they don't look good in that photograph I mean that's what friendships are we love each other we love our friends we don't upload things maliciously I would hope because that's not what friendship is so I just assume that people upload photos because they see the best in you and yet here we were being critical of ourselves um, in the very same nature and this just happens so often to so many of us and uh, it certainly made me investigate a little bit more about the why because I thought it wasn't as simple as just not lighting photographs because the photographs themselves for the actual perfection of photography quality they are just flawlessly amazing and angles and and lighting and everything was just brilliant um so I was like okay so what is with this why do so many people hate photographs of themselves and I grew up with a mother who was always like don't take a photograph of me no no I'll take the photo she was always the one behind the lens I picked up the same habit later on in life I was always the one behind the camera lens which is why I love photography so much but I hated being in the photographs themselves and thought hang on one day friends were like seriously Ash just get behind this side of the lens and just start taking some photographs like you've got to lose that self-conscious thing yes yeah, so funny isn't it I always uh used to say okay I've got rights of veto over that pic if I don't like it you've got to delete it yeah so you, <laughs> which is insane you'd set up it's that program it's completely and utterly insane and I think when we see you know pics of other people we're appreciating, you know, the beauty of the whole image and where we were in that space and the memory of it, not picking to pieces, you know, or how you're standing or, uh, you know, if your thighs look too big in that photo or, or whatever it is. It's, 
you know, we, we're looking at things at a much, you know, less superficial level, um, but we're just so critical <laughs> of ourselves. And the funny thing is that also doesn't just apply to image, that also applies to voice. Because I just want to say how when we first started this <laughs> podcasting experience, I was listening to our recordings and going, that doesn't sound like me. Oh my gosh, I sound terrible. Oh, what, we, oh I'm not sure I can do this whole record, <laughs> podcast gig because I oh, don't like so how true. I sound. Yeah. And I investigated that pretty quickly and easily because that just made sense to me. I was like, okay, cool. Why don't I like how I sound? Well, one, all day long, I'm listening to my own voice. But the way I'm hearing the sound of my own voice is something called bone conduction because the sound is traveling through the bones within in the ear and the skull and yet when we record what we're actually listening to is a recording of the air conducted sound and so they do actually sound different what you hear from inside your head versus what is projected out of your mouth and recorded into recording so I had to get used to listening to myself a different way and I found that really fascinating so I guess if you're listening have you ever had that experience too like maybe you've been on a video or you've had a sound recording or you've recorded something and played it back to yourself and gone oh my god my god delete 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 um this is the same experience just a different way so whether it be sound or whether it be the the visual image of yourself um there's certainly some reasons why that is and science does explain that quite well Would it- yeah and ash why is it that we we have such a challenge looking at photos of ourselves well it's super interesting because it's actually some psychologists that figured that out uh, years ago they proposed a theory called the mere exposure hypothesis and really what it comes down to and I, I thought this was like it really took my myself a bit of time to get my head around it like it's okay so how does that work and really what it is that as we go through our life we get so used to seeing ourselves in the mirror because the only way we've ever seen ourselves is looking at our reflections of ourselves. So we get used to seeing all of our asymmetries reflected in the mirror and, you know, the way we part our hair or when we smile, you know, which side of our lips drop a little bit more than the other or how many teeth we show. Um, and all of these tiny little differences are ingrained into our, our way and our view of how we see ourselves. And then, of course, when we see photos of ourselves, it's not a mirror anymore it's the actual image of ourselves. so all these little differences don't actually match up with how our brain expects to see us and so we dislike it because it's not the way we have been perceiving ourselves and that's probably why this rise of, of Instagram and filters and selfies and all these things because it allows us to manipulate the photographs into images we think more of what we see so it might be flipping a photograph to now see the mirror of ourselves and they've done studies where if they have photos photos of the person in the real photograph but then they flip that photograph what would be a mirror reverse of that person they always like their mirror reverse image better isn't that fascinating? so funny yeah it's so funny especially when at the moment we're caught up in this world of everything is so perfect and rosy on instagram or facebook or on social media because it's all stylized and it's set up and there's filters and all sorts of different apps that change that image and none of it's real life anymore no and unfortunately it's very manipulated isn't it manipulated yeah. imagery and someone mentioned something on the weekend that I thought was just hilarious. What if there was an alien race that was observing us right now? What would be the take-home message that they would that they would have? What would they observe? And it would be of, 
you know, everybody on social media, no one actually living their real lives, uh, you know, everyone being completely self-conscious and putting filters and all sorts of things on their actual images. And that would be the product of what our existence is right now. And that made me think back to, you know, obviously it'd be a bit deeper than that, but that's what we're so self-obsessed with right now. That made me think back to our photo shoot and made me realize again that we are not a product of, you know, that image. I, I am a hell of a lot more than how my thighs look in that photo or, you know, whether I've got a couple of wrinkles there or not, or how I smiled in that image. I'm so much more than that. And my legacy is so much more than that. And that's what I had to, I had to actually remind myself and I had to almost do like a, a, a patent interrupt or a disconnect from that. I'm not going to let that little voice win. And every single day, women go through this all the time when they catch themselves in a slightly different angle in the mirror that they're not used to and going, oh my gosh, and it completely disrupts their whole, <laughs> you know, system that they're going through right then. And it's, you have to silence that little voice because women especially are so programmed um, to be so negative and so self-critical. And we've talked about this in a previous episode as well. Our brain is geared towards that. So every time it happens, we have to replace it with something that's positive and something that's meaningful to then stop that, um, you know, that constant vicious cycle of self-deprecation. Yeah, it's a very big challenge to overcome and I think I, I I guess I often will overcome those sorts of challenges of self-deprecation with humour. I think it's for me just um, a way to combat the, to take myself out of my own seriousness. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that, I, I guess I looked at the photo shoots and, and I looked at the photographs and I thought, oh, geez, you know, and it was, it didn't take me too long to get out of that zone. Um, and then, of course, particularly when I started to ask the question, why am I thinking this? Like, why did I have that instant reaction? What is it that drives that reaction? And given that I do feel I have a fairly high degree of self-love in general, um, what am I not doing in my day-to-day life right now that's not giving myself enough love that I suddenly see myself in a different way? And, uh, yeah, I just, just thought it was quite funny. I thought, so right now, instead of blaming the, you know, the photograph and saying, oh, gosh, I, I didn't look any good in those, I'm just going to blame this mirror effect, this uh, mirror exposure hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> say, hey, it's not me at all. It's just the way my brain works and it's just my brain's way of, of not dealing with the reverse image of myself right now. So that's cool. I still look smoking hot. <laughs> oh, that's right. And, and and you absolutely did. Um, and when I've said those things to you, Ash, I hope you can really take that compliment and appreciate that because we're also terrible at that as well. Um, and I think that the only way to have this proper pattern interrupt um, and to really turn that around is with radical acts of self-love. Oh, um, and I know that agree with you more. this was a really good reminder for me that, um, you know, this may be something or my, my daily rituals might have, you know, fallen by the wayside a little bit with just how, you know, hectic our, our lives have been lately. Uh, and so this was a really good thing to bring me back to that reminder. Um, and the best way that I have found for me to bring focused attention to something and to really change a habit or a pattern and to really introduce those radical acts of self-love is through a system that I call that that's called uh, the 100-day gong. And this is not something that I've made up. This is something that I've learned from Pedram Shojai. Um, it, I think it comes from, you know, Kung Fu, which its literal translation is hard work. And what 100-day gong is, is 
certain things that you do in your life every single day for a hundred days and you can make them whatever you want. I usually um, do five things and I usually have them in different areas of my life. So it might be one is, you know, practice or, or career driven. One is mindfulness and meditation. One is movement. One is food or, you know, nutrition related. Um, and one might be self-development or education. And I, I kind of like those those five areas and I try to add things into there. And you do Whatever the ritual is every day for 100 days, you don't go to bed until you've done them each day. And if you miss a day, you start again. So what could uh, we be doing in this 100-day gong? Let's just say I'm, I'm a photo hater. I hate photos of myself. <laughs> I, I take photos and I delete them straight away or I store them on the photo phone. Someone else gets my phone, is scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, don't look at those, don't look at those. I look terrible. If those are the <laughs> comments we're making or if they're the actions you're doing, what could a woman be doing that would actually help her shift out of that, you know, instant response of, oh, God, I hate photos myself or avoiding photos, even worse, people just absolutely, I don't want to be in a photo. I never want to see a photo myself. If that's happening to that woman, what could she be doing? Well, if that's something that she's identified as a problem and she actually wants to shift it, the reason I like the 100-day gong is because it's a daily reminder to do a certain activity every single day. And if self-love is something that they need more of, then it could be something like positive affirmations about their physicality every single day. And it has to be something different every day. So it could be today I love, you know, how bright my eyes look, or I love the way I've done my hair today, or I love how strong my legs are, or, you know, whatever it might be. And they have to repeat those things to themselves 10 times each day. But there's nothing about my body I love. I had everything. Then that's crazy. And <laughs> oh no, don't say that. No, we don't mean <laughs> that's, that. That's, what we that's mean my is instant yeah. reaction. But it is. Yeah. That is yeah. completely crazy. Yeah. Um, because even if there's some serious self-esteem issues there, even if you really have challenges, picking one thing in your body that you love, and you know, occasionally we may have days when that that is actually the case, then turning it around and flicking that switch and going, okay, what is my body allowing me to do right now? What can you be grateful for? So, you know, my body allows me to. It could be, you know, for for example, your legs. Um, your strong legs um, allow you to move around through work each day to get you from home to work. Um, you know, whatever it might be, someone may have complimented you on your smile or you're grateful for your smile because it has brightened up other people's days. Um, and just what it is that your body is allowing you to do in your life that's achieving the things that you want. Um, and I think having gratitude for those parts that you dismiss is so, so powerful. That is huge. I wish more more women knew this, that they could actually have that opportunity to, to rather than try because whenever someone says, oh, what part of your body do you love most? And, you know, people are scratching around going, oh, well, I, I love my hands or I love my eyes. But diving a little bit deeper and saying, wow, I really, I'm really grateful for my legs, even if they're lumpy bumpy and all bits and pa- bits on it that you don't want there, but I'm grateful for the fact that they're structurally strong and take me around my day and let exactly. me and let me engage with this world. I mean, yeah. what what a blessing that is, and that does really quickly shift that uh, headspace away from the aesthetic value that we place on everything and more more powerful value, which is really the fact that you get to engage with the world and engage with life because your body lets you do so. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can certainly have that gratitude for every single part of your body and that appreciation as well. And there can be really easy ways you can do this. Um, you know, your morning ritual when you're just about to get in the shower, you can do like a bit of a broader body brushing ritual. And as you're doing that, 
just having gratitude for each part of your body that you're brushing and trying to think of a positive thing to affirm about that area as you're moving through. And it can take a minute, can take, you know, however long you want. Um, but doing that every day for a hundred days is going to cement that. And it's going to rewire your neurology, rewire your brain, create different options for your brain. Every time you fall back into those, you know, self-deprecating, um, you know, that downward spiral, and it's going to give you better options. Yeah, and I think that's really what self-esteem is, isn't it? Self-esteem is having enough awareness to find new and better ways to love yourself, to find ways to appreciate yourself. And having high self-esteem is not a negative thing, is it? I think we we attribute to people to having higher self-esteem. Excuse me. As as something that's that's narciss, narcissistic or um, you know obsessive or they're up themselves or whatever you want to say, but if you even just Google self love, the first thing that comes up that definition is it's a regard for your own personal well being and happiness. There is nothing narcissistic about that, not at all. And I think this is where a lot of women feel a little bit narcissistic by even working on this or even asking for help on this or going out to a seminar or a workshop thinking, oh, what are other people going to think about me? I'm going to a self-esteem class or a self-empowerment or self-improvement, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm going to just put it out there and say it may just be one of the very best things you've ever done because I can say from my own experience over the years that every time I engage with something, um, some sort of training or some sort of interaction, that is involved with, let's just say, building businesses or building up uh, an empire in something that you're doing in your life or getting better in your sport. The funniest thing is every single one of those seminars or or workshops begins and ends with self-awareness and self-love. Absolutely. Why? Because your your image of yourself, not just the photographic image of yourself, but your actual belief in your own image is what creates your reality. So if you don't believe and and love yourself uh, fully, entirely, and I guess unconditionally, then you don't get to raise the bar in other areas of your life. Yeah, it's so interesting that we're placing all of our value and our worth on things that are not even meaningful. Um, And some of those self-development, self-awareness things are so powerful in that sense to really shift that focus and figure out, you know, what is it, what is your purpose? What are you, what is the reason that you're here on this planet for? And it is so far transcended from the physicality that it's not even relevant. Yeah. And so this is what we're here to do this week is we're trying to help you ladies figure out ways that if, you know, the, the whole self-love thing is just not quite there yet for you, or if you feel as though you're feeling run down and tired and, and, Everyone else is leeching out your energy, taking it from you because you're you're a giver by character. Or if you just don't feel like you have time for yourself, then this is a great time to just become uh, aware of that and start to realize that that's okay. So many other ladies out there have the same feelings, same women, you know, that are doing great things. They have these feelings too. The ones that are the top of the corporate world or the mums with 10 children, they still have these moments of doubt of, I guess, low self-esteem. They come in ebbs and flows depending on what life's throwing at us. And if you have your little toolbox of self-love tricks, then the amazing thing is you can nearly always pull yourself out of it, which is like, I guess, we did with our photographs that we looked at them and we went, oh, you know, I don't like mine, but 
in a very short space of time, we didn't sit in that space, not liking our photos and deleting them. We went, okay, whoa, what just, what just caused that reaction? And straight away, I mean, for me personally, you, you jumped into your hundred day gong elements and that is just so amazingly powerful. I went straight back into self-love. Um, within a week, my husband thought I was, I was being a bit funny because I, like, I, I did my own little pedicure, soak, foot soak at night, did my awesome. toenails. Um, then the next thing, I'm spending half an hour in the bathroom uh, doing all these, you know, massaging my face and using all these essential <laughs> oils. And yet, oh, if I could say in the last month, have I spent half an hour on myself consciously? I don't think I had. And really, that was the warning sign right there, wasn't it? To get these photographs and say, hey, Ash, you haven't been checking in with yourself. You haven't been giving yourself the attention you need you've been putting it out there giving it to everyone else you know making sure everyone else is okay making sure your clients are happy and well helping people heal helping people grow and I hadn't been helping myself so yeah for me it was a great check-in I I was actually quite happy about it I thought oh cool this is a a great little experience to say hey this is what other people experience too and uh, and that's okay uh, such a valuable lesson right there. And so I'm so grateful that those photos brought up that for us as well um, because of an opportunity to grow and change from that. So let's talk about that toolbox. Let's talk about the things that women can implement to start to uh, shift that focus. Look, for me, it's absolutely the 100-day gong. Um, you know, this brings me such discipline and such attention to areas of my life that I need it. Um, I'm about to start one today um, launching off from this podcast. Um, and so that everybody can kind of hold me accountable to that as well. I'll let you know how it's going along the way. And Ash, if you want to join in with me, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> um, oh, you always set me challenges challenge. and I'm um, pretty good at saying yes. I, I think that, uh, I'm, I'm never, never afraid of a challenge. So I'll, I'll put a hand up and say, yes, okay. I'm in. All right. So let me set the parameters for it for me, um, uh, for the next hundred days. And I, you have to be aware of what your life's going to be like over the next hundred days as well. Like I know I've got some Europe travel planned in a few weeks. So whatever my parameters are, it has to be something that I can do while I'm away because just because I'm on holidays doesn't mean the gong stops. Just because I'm going to be sitting on an airplane for a whole day doesn't mean the gong stops. So a deal is a deal. This is the commitment I'm making. And for me, I'm going to keep it very, very simple. So it's going to be movement every day for at least half an hour. So, you know, if I'm on a plane and have a stopover, it means I've got to, you know, just do a really good walk of the airport, which is easy, right? That's a really easy thing. Hit the, the travel tra- later, you'll go twice as fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's movement every day for at least half an hour. Now, if I was going to be home for the next uh, 100 days and I knew that, I, you know, wasn't going to be traveling around. It might be something more specific. It might be every day I have to do a hundred swings of my kettlebell, or it might be, um, I need to do 30 minutes of cardio every day and plus, you know, a hundred squats or, or something like that. I might refine it a little bit more, but I'm giving myself a little bit of flexibility there. But the goal is 30 minutes every day. Um, the second thing is my mindfulness or meditation. And it simply is 20 minutes of meditation every day. And that's something I can do on a plane really, really easily. I can do anywhere in the world. Um, it's just making that commitment to actually doing it and picking my time. Um, the third thing, which is going to be a little bit trickier is absolutely no sugar for a hundred days. Hang on. Where are you going again? <laughs> I'm going to Spain and Portugal. Um, no sugar. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing, right? And I know where I'm going and I know how tough it's going to be, but this is the committed commitment I'm making to myself and to my own well-being because um, I've noticed uh, some changes in my food patterns and in some cravings that I'm having. So I need to have that pattern interrupt. I need to reset my system because um, 
you know, I don't want to always be erring to the side of those things. And I'm going to enroll everyone with me who's going to be on the trip with me so that they know that this is the stopgap. This is my boundaries. It's very clear. It's very, you know, unambiguous. Um, it's no sugar for a hundred days. Are you serious though? Because I'm just telling you right now in Lisbon, there are some of the most amazing Portuguese tarts you are ever going to eat. These incredible like pastries with custard inside and just for the experience I'm like are you sure you want to forgo that because I'm like I'm willing to like get you one off the hook here and just say just the one so while you're there <laughs> you know I'm not going to remember that trip for the Portuguese tart that oh, I eat but cause... this is the thing I just <laughs> and that's what I'm saying to you like is some of the experiences that you goes double <laughs> but I guess I'm, I'm a foodie I travel I love the food and I love the cultural aspect but I am too gluten intolerant to even kind of go down that realm anyway. So it's going to be Very a little cool. easier for me. Cool. Um, yeah. And my little sister Joanna is a celiac and she's going to be with me. So uh, okay. in, in that sense, it's going to be a bit easier. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to remember the trip for the um, the Portuguese tile that I didn't have. And there will be plenty <laughs> of other opportunities for that. Um, the third, sorry, the fourth thing on the list for me is 30 minutes of education every day. And I'm leaving that again open. So it can be a 30-minute podcast. Um, it can be, you know, just, just reading of some study notes or some practice notes or whatever it might be, but it's 30 minutes of education every day. And if that means that we're on a road, you know, we're traveling from place to place um, and I've got a podcast going, then, you know, hopefully everyone in the car will be happy to join in with me and to, to learn some really cool stuff. Um, and the last thing on my list is that I need to commit to, uh, I'm spending an absolute fortune on some professional coaching at the moment and I need to do some of that every single day. Um, I know Lawrence Tam's going to be really happy to hear me say that because <laughs> it's just something that I haven't been able to find time for in my life anywhere. So this is the commitment that I have to make to be able to allocate time for it every day for the next 100 days and I know that I'm going to get so much out of that. Yeah. Um, so Ash, for your first gong, I would certainly recommend to keep it simple and maybe do three things. Okay, so, so I'm going to I'm going to throw that because as you were saying, I thought, cool, I've been pretty good in the past with some some rituals, and I've certainly got rituals in my day, and I've noticed in the last little while I have fallen off the wagon in those rituals. So yep. the first thing I thought of was great. Okay, every day, um, and I'll as listeners, I'd love you to check in with this because this will probably resonate with you. And I really think if there's anything in your life you're dissatisfied, this is how you start every day. It's amazing what you can do in shifting your headspace first thing in the morning. And my first thoughts are, who are the three people in my life I'm most grateful for right now and how are they, are they making my life better? And it's really not that hard to find out how much love you have in your life when you can think of people you really appreciate and you're grateful for. And also of those people, who can I message or text today just to say thanks or hi or, or connect with? So it improves my connections, my social factor, because I'm quite a hermit in some ways. I'll happily withdraw out of society for a while because I just get a bit overloaded. Um, I've always been that way so I have to consciously connect and that's something that this this little ritual does for me awesome. and then I, okay. yeah so that's the three people and then I follow that with what are the three things I'm really grateful for in my life right now and then it could be, it could be people but it's experiences or my opportunity or my health or my whatever it is and it doesn't matter it could be the same three things uh, seven days in a row but at least I'm consciously acknowledging the gifts that my life has and gosh that starts the day well so I'm going to start my gong with those two things and I certainly resonate with you about the 30 minutes education every day um, mm -hmm. I need to get back into that ritual Okay, I, I slipped off there. So they're the two so things. I'm going to stick with two because <laughs> otherwise you're going to lose me on this 100-day gong. 
Okay, and that's easy and that's great. So you don't set yourself up for failure, but you've got to push and challenge yourself a little bit. So that first one is almost kind of has a few different parts to it. So it's the three people that you're grateful for and then connecting with one of them or all three. Um, at least one. So it could be all three. If I felt impulsion to, to talk to everyone that day, I would do it. But at least one of those people connect with that day. And then three things that you're grateful for after that. Yes. So three people connect with, with you know, one or all of them and then three things that you're grateful for. And then it's the 30 minutes of education every day. Yes. Awesome. Um, okay. So here are the rules. Every day for the next 100 days, you have to do those things. Um, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is unless you've set yourself a time limit within that frame. Uh, and if you miss a day, you have to start from the beginning. Okay. So with all my international friends, I'm just going to put a shout out right now. Sorry if you start getting two, 3 a.m. text messages because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing it when I need to and I forget the time zones. So yeah. uh, that would be... Emails might be nicer. But yeah. and, and these are the rules. And a deal is a deal. So if you're making this commitment then, you know, do it. Yep. Um, I've done all sorts of different gongs in the past. They've all, you know, had all sorts of different variations and they have taught me so much about myself and really helped me to have really positive rituals. Um, I've, you know, also done things on self-awareness and um, self-love, uh, you know, body brushing or um various forms of morning rituals as well. Um, so ladies, if you'd like to start your own 100-day gong, I know it's going to be an incredible experience for you. Let us know. Uh, put your commitment out there on Facebook. We'll hold you accountable. Our 100 days is going to start from today. Um, so the, the day we're recording this is uh, the 4th of July, Monday the 4th of July. Um, so for all of our US listeners, happy uh, Independence Day. Happy 4th of July over there. What a great day to start a 100-day gong. Um, and we'll also give you some links up there as to, you know, some backwards, uh, some reading or some research that you can do so you can understand a bit more about what the ritual is, what the purpose is, and some tools to keep you uh, motivated on board. Um, I have done it a few times where I got to, you know, about midway through, I think I was day 50 and I just forgot one day. And, you know, no one knew I could have kept going. I could have, you know, just, it would have just been a little bump in the road, but a deal's a deal. I made that commitment to myself, so I had to start again from day one. Um, and it's painful, but you know, it's it's for a purpose. Yeah, painful but worth it. That's uh, yeah. that's certainly important. And I think this is also going to what you're just talking about there as well is for me a big one because another thing these photographs brought up for me is my. Um, I guess it's just my personality type is the drive for perfectionism. So within those photos, I just saw so much imperfection and it was almost instantly trying to create action steps, how to improve those things. And I thought, whoa, I think there's very few thoughts in life that can be um, as destructive to your daily life as this pursuit of perfectionism because it drives so much, um, I guess, uh, almost like chastisement. You, you find ways to beat yourself down so you'll get stronger and do better. And and that for me was a quick thing that, that came up. And, and sometimes it's, it can actually paralyze you because you're so scared of not being perfect in something that you actually then avoid it. So it could quite easily have flipped a, a switch in me that said, you know what, I'm not doing one of those shoots again. But then I thought, well, hang on. I, of course I am. It was fun. The shit itself was just yeah. so much fun. I just amazing. To, I need to learn to love these photos and figure out why I'm not loving them. Ash, what did you mean by you like automatically wanted to put in action steps to kind of fix the imperfections? Like, can you give us an example? Oh, look, I was just thinking, oh, look at look at that my, you know, my 
I've got real, I always cut my rat's nest, my, my, my crazy flyaway hair. And even though I got, you know, my hair done well, um, I still looked and went, oh, I really, I, I need to go and, you know, get a haircut and I, I haven't, maybe I should get properly straightened or like, I just started to think of ways to, to make it better. Cause I just didn't think it was as nice as it could be. Um, right. and, yet, okay. and yet that's me. I've always had crazy flyaway hair. So why am I seeking this change? Cause it's not gonna, it's not gonna last long term. That's for sure. It's just, it's the way my hair is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And also, you know, it's, yeah, I guess, even just little things like a, an angle, a side of a hip, a, a bum shot or something like that, you sort of straight away go, gosh, maybe I should, you know, be hitting up the exercise more, more squats. Like, so instead of a positive reinforcement, it was actually a negative reinforcement and that can yeah. be really powerful. And, it, and a lot of women can be driven by that in the beginning, but it's not sustainable drive because if you're doing things out of self-loathe rather than self-love, um, I don't believe that's sustainable based on the experiences I have with so many women. I remember um, seeing uh, or listening to an interview with Oprah once and she was walking along. She saw a reflection next to her of this huge, very heavily overweight woman. And when she turned, she actually realized it was herself. And for her, that was a huge wake up call for her to make improvements in her life for a very positive reason. You know, like obviously the, the stimulus was incredibly negative, but the health outcomes for that were positive. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? What it takes to sort of motivate us and, you know, whether it's a positive drive or a negative pale, you know, or a, a fear of what the, the negative side effects of, of those sorts of things are. And um, I, yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I think it also stirred in things as well. Um, ladies, when those thoughts hit your head and we all have this little voice inside us and we say, oh, look, my legs look fat in that or, um, oh gosh, that shirt doesn't fit very nicely or gosh, you know, and you, you've got those thoughts happening. Um, I guess a really good question to ask is, would I speak to my best friend this way? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I am absolutely certain you would absolutely not say those things to your best friend because one, A, you wouldn't see those things and that's not how you see your best friend. So you wouldn't say those things. And two, you wouldn't say hurtful things to your best friend because there's just no need to. Um, you'd find positive ways to encourage them to change if you thought that, like you just said about Oprah being really, you know, finding herself at a point in her life where she was too heavy. But, you know, if you noticed that your friend was being less active and you thought, oh, gosh, she's putting on some weight, you wouldn't say, hey, you're putting on weight unless that's the personality type you have, but I certainly can't do that. I'd be more inclined to go, hey, cool, babe, do you want to come for a walk today? Let's go for a walk and talk lunch. Like, So rather than to sit down at a cafe, let's go for a coast walk and grab a green smoothie along the way um, because then I know that I'm just empowering that the, the lifestyle change that's going to help her help herself. And for me, that's something really positive. And yet I didn't do that to myself. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't yeah, it? So, so I be your okay. own best friend. That is such a good lesson. Yeah. Um, and that, that certainly can be something that, you know, women can add into their 100-day gong if that's something that you so choose. Um, ladies, I hope we've given you some really practical tips uh, as to some things that can help to shift your focus if you have had a similar experience to what we have. Um, we hope that you've sort of understood that the lesson that we've taken away from what this photo shoot has taught us because um, it was pretty powerful and it was amazing that something so simple could spark, you know, a, a very positive, what I think is a very positive outcome and will be a positive, you know, chain of events from here. Um, so we'd love to hear from you if you have a similar sort of uh, experience as well. You can find us on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash the wellness women on Instagram at underscore the wellness women. Um, and yeah, let us know if there's anything that you're struggling with or if you want to get on board and do a 100-day gong with us. 
Oh, look, onto it. And thank you so much for joining us this week. We absolutely love having you on our team and we feel really appreciated from all your feedback. So thank you so much. We hope you get out there, start to see the world in full colour, start to see yourself as perfectly imperfect. Um, Remember that those photographs you see of yourself are not the mirror you're used to seeing. So just be okay with them and start to love every little uh, imperfection because it's all perfect just the way it is. Ladies, have an amazing week. We can't uh, wait to talk to you again next week. Be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.